You are listening to Building the Future, Green Building in the New Millennium, brought to you by SustainableHomesOfTheFuture.com. I'm your host, Ian Sollenberger, and this podcast is for anyone that wants to collaborate and learn more about how to design and construct energy-efficient buildings for an environmentally sustainable future. If you have questions about how to design and build with a lower environmental impact, or you'd like to come on our show as a guest, please email me directly at info at shf, that's sustainable homes of the future, shfbuild.com. Visit our website at shfbuild.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at shfbuild. Our mission with this podcast is to inspire you, our listeners, to go out and be sustainability advocates. Share these ideas so we can truly push this industry forward. We need each and every one of you to help us build the future today. Welcome back, everyone, to episode two of Building the Future, the podcast where we explore how to use innovative methods in sustainable green design and construction to reinvent the status quo and help save our planet. My name is Ian Sollenberger, Managing Director of Sustainable Homes of the Future, and today, Ginger Matthews, our CEO, and I will discuss another fascinating subject and an essential part of the integrative design process for every new build or renovation project, building site analysis. Um, This is not meant to be a comprehensive rundown of the overall methods of site analysis. We're focusing here on a green, sustainable approach to the normal process that architects go through. Um, And this may actually be a brand new methodology for you, so stay tuned. Hello to you, Ginger, how are you? Hey, Ian, doing very well today, and welcome everybody, all our listeners. So thanks for joining us. Um, This episode is an incredibly interesting discussion on sustainable site analysis one of the essential first phases in the sustainable green building design process. So in our last episode, we covered the concept of the integrative design process and the design charrette. Uh, It's a very first step for any owner, architect, or developer uh, looking to build lower impact and better performing buildings. So take a listen to that episode if you missed it. Ian, can you give us a quick review of the charrette for our listeners? Definitely. Um, The charrette is a collaborative group method of design, which kind of departs from the traditional method of building uh, by including everyone possible at the table at the beginning of the project. Uh, It's a far greener alternative because it makes room for creativity and innovation in the interest of sustainable design. Um, It has many other benefits as well, including potential time and cost savings. Hello. Uh, So plain and simple, (laughs) it's good business. Stay tuned for further episodes where we cover sustainable architecture, uh, landscape design, energy and water management, sustainable materials, technologies, specific cost saving measures, green certification for buildings, and so much more. I've got a lot. We've got a lot on the plate for sure. A lot on the plate. (laughs) Today's discussion is all about uh, sustainable building site analysis, uh, and that would be a great opening discussion for the design charrette, wouldn't it? It would. So we're just talking, are we just talking about soy reports, local flora fauna here, Ian, or is there more to sustainable site analysis than just that? Well, uh, in my opinion, to do a sustainable site analysis, you, you actually have to ask questions of the project site as if the environment itself were one of the stakeholders in the project. I love that idea. It puts environmental protection right on the front burner, just like a partner in the project. 
Can you give us a definition of a general site analysis, one that's performed on all sites by architects? Yeah. Site analysis is defined as a microclimactic, geographic, historic, legal, and infrastructural study of a specific site and the neighborhood, focusing on existing and potential conditions on the site. Um, so a site, site study for somebody who wants to convert, let's say, a factory building into some kind of mis, mixed-use complex is going to have a very different needs um, from somebody who wants to know the best location for a single-family home on an empty lot. Um, there are endless scenarios, variables. You have local and state requirements, zoning, um, you have topography, weather patterns, legal issues, tons more. So each individual project site is going to demand a different type of analysis and we'll need to have different people on the team. You got to figure that out. And on top of that, there's some extra steps uh, to analyzing sustainability on any project. So that's what we're here to talk about. Right. What's important in des designing a successful green project is that it relates really well to the external and the internal environment in its context. So what that means is we need to determine the building's placement, orientation, materiality, energy needs, sun patterns, rainfall and drainage, to see how the building can be designed to fit into the immediate environment with the least impact. Yeah, and, and, and most importantly, analyzing a site through that lens of sustainability reduces the need for traditional mechanical systems that rely on fossil fuels, specifically your heating and your cool, mainly. Um, for example, <laughs> Uh, you know, we've been talking about a project that we're working on in Santa Monica, um, and one of the project goals for that mixed-use project is to go all electric, um, which then has the potential, it means no gas in the building. Um, a little scary, I know. But <laughs> it has the potential to be a 100% renewable energy uh, building for the life of the building, which, you know, is a lot, a lot longer than they used to be. Um, our sustainable site analysis is going to help the building reduce energy usage, enhance water conservation, and fit into its neighborhood and local environment well. We're taking all that into consideration. Um, we'll be talking a lot more about solar systems, about battery storage, electric heat pumps, um, and the overall concept of an all-electric building in later episodes, so stay tuned for that. Um, but back to, back to this specific site analysis. So our first question for the site in any sustainable analysis is, what do we know about where? the site is located. So Ginger, why is analyzing the city and the neighborhood uh, that the site is in so important for sustainable building design? Well, like here in Santa Monica, where we are in, in an urban environment, a sustainable site analysis is usually required by LEED certification and other building certification programs. Mm -hmm. um, and so jumping off from that, you take the neighborhood into consideration and uh, this analysis promotes carless transportation to and from the site, or at least as little as possible. So is there street parking? Are there bike paths? Um, easy access to highway and public transportation? So these, these issues are really important to analyze. Best case, you want to select a site for optimum access to city and neighborhood services That's to reduce really cool. carbon. Yeah, so it's sort of taking the entire context and environment as we were talking about in, into consideration when looking at the specific Yes, site. Absolutely. absolutely. That's great. Um, um, moving on to question two. So, so where is it is question one. Question two is what? What can we find out about the site itself? 
Um, and this one's going to force us to do a little bit more in-depth research, uh, bring in a, a couple experts, but this is also where the ingenuity and the attention to detail can, can really set us up for a fun and successful project. Um, at this point, we get to do some basic energy modeling analysis, uh, looking at passive strategies for heating and cooling based on the climate that it's in, um, wind patterns, the existing landscape, uh, annual rainfall, humidity, etc. And so layout and, and orientation um, is actually going to take advantage of that path of the sun, the prevailing breezes, and then allows that house to heat, uh, cool, and filter light in these passive ways, reducing the utility loads, which we're going to talk about more in our energy episode for sure, and costs as well. Um, and then overall, really creating a healthier environment, both inside the house and outside, as you mentioned, in internal and external context. Mm-hmm. And by doing these analyses, uh, we use what nature is giving us already to minimize our dependence on those mechanical systems you mentioned, and hopefully go all electric. I know that's a new concept for many folks, and we're looking forward to diving, doing a deep dive into that. So the goal here is to use as many passive energy methods as possible, given the conditions of the actual site. Yeah, yeah, and, and we have the opportunity at this stage to take advantage of trees to provide shading. Um, We can orient our building to optimize the passive solar heat uh, or cooling, as we mentioned. Uh, We might even be able to reuse some materials that that already exist on the site. Um, All of these design strategies both save money and help the environment. So I think that's pretty cool. It is, (laughs) absolutely. Um, It's also worth mentioning that the fewer complex mechanical systems you have in the building, the more natural it's going to feel for the occupants and the easier it's going to be to operate. So minimizing site impact is a key strategy for sustainability and building resiliency. Yeah, yeah. We'll be talking a lot more about passive design and how it can lead to uh, lower energy use later on and some of our energy and architecture episodes. But for now, let's move on to that third site question. So we've got, uh, we've got where, we've got what is it? And now we're able to start asking more detailed questions specific to how. How can we maximize energy input and minimize output? Or I don't know if you can take another crack at that there, Ginger. <laughs> well, how can we integrate what we have with what we want to build? Hey, there we go. Perfect. Um, Yeah, we're trying to use those first questions that we asked the site to inform what we build rather than the very unsustainable model of what can I build that makes me the most money. Well, and that's the model that has led so much unnecessary destruction and misery in the name of profit. I really want to believe that we're all smart enough now to, to realize that informed design is a smarter way of working, of building and investing conscious capitalism nice and and all while helping other folks other you know family uh and the environment in the process and and creating sustainable jobs i mean yeah not to you know i'll I'll get off my soapbox in about 20 seconds here but you know one thing that's frustrating about the fossil fuel industry uh, you know overall is that the hyper focus on just lowering costs um you know bottom line bottom line you're laying off workers, you're moving businesses to other countries for cheaper production. I get that. Um, but what happens there is you're missing opportunities to use technology and, and innovative thinkers and workers here in the U.S. I mean, that's what we are. We're a country of innovation. Um, and you can make money and do good here at home. You don't have to, to offshore ship that. 
And the good news is more and more consumer research really suggests that if a product provides some sort of a social good, people will even pay a small percentage more compared to one that doesn't. So in, uh, for instance, the LEED Gold and Platinum certification on a project, it's uh, been documented that it gives an actual 15% bump to the value of the property as soon as it's constructed. It's amazing. As far as I'm concerned, but uh, you know, unfortunately the, the building industry for obvious reasons is sort of entrenched in holding on to that status quo as long as possible. So, I mean, because of that, we've seen so little scaling of any true innovation in the field um, until very recently. But uh, let's get back to site analysis, shall we? <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> we were getting to the fun questions like, uh, where do we put the windows to optimize airflow? And should we be using exterior shading or mechanical blinds? Those kinds right. of questions. Exactly. Um, yeah, how can we use our environment to inform an efficient design? And this is where we get to formulate plans for things like thermal mass, solar panel configuration, rainwater recycling systems, and all those wonderful things we analyze. Yeah, I mean, you know, we ask the big question too. I know, uh, you know, on a couple of your projects, do we even need AC? I mean, depending on the climate zone, the shading, uh, use of thermal mass, we might actually be able to heat this whole thing from solar power. Wouldn't that be cool? Heat and cool, yeah, cool passively is the goal. That is definitely the goal. So on a single family home project we designed uh, here in Southern California, we analyzed the local environment, the weather, the temperatures, the wind patterns. We performed solar studies. Uh, so based on the location and our studies, we decided on solar heating, battery storage, no gas, no air conditioning. We could afford to do that. Yeah, which, which is not, I mean, that's not common for a, a new build, you know. No, it isn't. It is absolutely not. But here in California, it was, it was definitely called for and we had other systems to take, to take its place. Um, but because it was so close to city services and transportation, we were also able to reduce parking. So that was, that was a good thing. Uh, we managed to design this building and we avoided fossil fuels all together. So helping reduce the planet's CO2 emissions, certainly our goal, both mm. in the building process and the long-term operations. That's interesting. You're mentioning embodied carbon versus operational carbon, and that's definitely a bigger conversation <laughs> for another big episode. Conversation. Absolutely. Um, but let's just say, you know, overall, a big part of the solution to being fossil-free involves uh, one of two strategies. So let's, let's kind of lay them out here. Do you have any guesses? Actually, they're probably both. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, yeah, you probably do need to use both. <laughs> going all electric. That's absolutely number one priority. That is one. Yes. How, do you have number absolutely. two in your back pocket there too? Well, hiring Ian and Ginger for uh, and Sustainable Homes of the Future staff to consult and help you with your green building projects and goals. <laughs> Shameless plug. I love it. Oh, I know. It's uh, true. It's true. Sustainability advocates at shfbuild.com. Um, but yes, so the second specific strategy for shedding that dirty energy once and for all, um, we said all electric is number one, and number two is the reuse of buildings, or at least as much of a building as you can use. Yep, so we're just going right back to the uh, the idea of reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> yeah, we? pretty much. <laughs> I think we've all heard that one. That I think that came from the 1970s, but it certainly is true today. 
Yes, indeed. And, but, but now the difference is we have the advanced technology now to make this green renovation happen on a really huge scale and bring that innovation and, and social betterment to the consumer, which is everybody, by the way, exciting user market for anybody, you know, taking tabs on that. Yeah. I realize we haven't talked much about the difference between new construction or renovation or adaptive reuse. Um, how we, Ian? Um, no, we're going to go into that in a little bit more detail in a later episode, but that's, that's actually a really good way to sort of wrap up today. Um, let's reiterate our two basic strategies for reducing our carbon footprint. Um, the first is reduce by focusing on smart, uh, hopefully all electric design and renewable energy for new construction. Um, it works best in new construction, especially large scale ones like a, you know, a, a mixed use project or a large multifamily. Um, reduce and then reuse by demolishing as little as possible and maybe even finding, as Ginger mentioned, uh, adaptive ways to, to reuse or repurpose materials from the site, um, including the original building itself or as much of it. Um, and this method works really well on renovation or retrofit projects. So definitely a different approach depending on, on what type of project you're going to as we, as we talk about in every episode. Ah, yes. Um, any and all sustainability principles can be applied wherever they're useful, really. And that's cr creative design in the very beginning. It's going to have a lot of conversations there. So that's why it's important to have a full view, project scope, and goals early in the process. So don't forget your design charrettes. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Integrative <laughs> design and sustainable site analysis, the first stepping stones to sustainable architecture, which just so happens to be our next episode. Excited for that. <laughs> we realize we're just skimming the surface here, folks, but uh, our goal is to start the conversations, get you wildly excited, and take the message out into the world. So stay tuned. For the deep dive we're going to do into sustainable design throughout the series, uh, next episode is sustainable architecture. We encourage you to reach out with questions, suggestions, new topics, or new guests with whom it would, might be fun to talk with. So please subscribe. Hopefully our conversation today was of some value to you. So we'd love your support. We absolutely would. So we need our audience to be green building and sustainable angels. So start spreading the word. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, as Ginger mentioned, you know, we're just getting off the ground here first couple episodes. So please tell your friends, share the link, contribute, just listen, whatever you feel inclined to do. Um, and this was super fun. Thanks, Ginger. Thank you, Ian. And thank you, fellow green building enthusiasts for joining us once again at Building the Future podcast. Uh, so go out there, hire the right people, ask the right questions, do a sustainable analysis of your project and your site, and you'll set yourself up for a sustainability success. Until next time.